I want to take a reading for you from Luke's Gospel. Just take a few moments for you to find it in chapter 1 and get you into the season. I want to talk about the sacred reality of the indwelling Spirit of God. The sacred reality of the indwelling Spirit of God. And I want to just put it into a story that's found here of the interruption of the angel to Mary, the angel Gabriel. Verse 26 of chapter 1 of Luke's Gospel. And the version I'm reading is uh, NRSV. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel... I just like the way God keeps a diary, don't you? (laughs) I like that. He keeps a record of things. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, one of the most important angels, was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary... And he came to her and said, Good morning, hello, greetings, hi there. I'm pretty sure it was quite colloquial. It was in her understanding. And in the NRSV, uh, it says it it a little bit more formal. Uh, Greetings, favoured one. The Lord is with you. But she was so excited, she couldn't stop shouting hallelujah. Um, Don't you wish? But she was much perplexed by by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. If I could just pause there a moment. Um, Many times God comes into our situation by the power of his spirit and addresses us and you know it's God because there's a sense of elegance stature wisdom you just know it's God you you know that you're not that eloquent you're not that wise do you understand what I'm saying so when Gabriel comes she's not just perplexed by the fact it's an angel that must have been something But the fact that he's speaking to her in such an authoritative way and he's speaking into her words of dignity and hope. When when God comes close, possibly for Mary, she's still trying to get over a number of things she's struggling with in her life. And God addresses her with such dignity. And you know that that's God. I recall when the move of the Spirit was taking place, particularly across Europe, I know into the Americas, etc. But I never forget when, in a supernatural way, this driver turned up, opened the doors to this couple, and said, are you of the resurrection? He was a taxi driver. Well, taxi drivers don't talk like that. They They can put the world right, they can sort out London, but to stop and when there's no taxis available and this couple prayed 
for the Lord to give them a taxi so that they could get to the airport and not miss their flight and there was, a, there was just impossible and this taxi screeched up to them the doors flew open are you of the resurrection well even Christians don't talk like that you say that are you of the resurrection you don't talk sometimes we, we let our, our vocabulary slip to the lowest but God comes with a sense of dignity and he speaks into Mary with such authority and such beauty such elegance and you just know that it's God and that's what's perplexing her because she's going through inside herself well I know my shortcomings I know my failures and I'm not quite sure which way things are going to pan out for me but she's perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be now I don't know whether she's cynical like you or like me where she might be saying well what's this all about this is the beginning of something I don't know what's going on in her mind but I love the way in which by the spirit of God the angel comes and addresses her and speaks into her dignity this is what it's all about everything we've been worshipping the Lord about is the fact that God has brought to us a sense of dignity because of what he intended for humanity in the first place was that and so when he comes to Mary she can't quite come to terms with it but something's going on in her mind can I say when I look back over the years and I see different ones in this gathering and see how God has come into your life and you would be the first to endorse what I'm saying that you came out of nothing and God gave you something and you knew that God is good because God treated you like a person with dignity and when you were feeling at your lowest he spoke into you words of hope and a sense of destiny this is the Lord and this is the voice of the angel he could have terrified her he could have done most angels are extremely tall in stature not like little fairies that you see in these movies angelic presence is very forceful angelic presence anybody that that lives and dwells in the presence of the most high wherever they go they carry that weight and sense of the presence and the sacredness of their mission and they don't let it fall from them because they themselves are dignified beings because they've been empowered by God now this has nothing to do with religion this is to do with the spiritual realities of our universe God is on the throne he is in charge and he has an old, a whole army at his disposal to carry out his word but this angel Gabriel he's a, he's a nice angel I like Gabriel she was perplexed and pondered what sort of greeting this might be and the angel said to her do not be afraid Mary you've got to overcome fear fear is your greatest enemy fear will rob you of everything that God wants for you to have the enemy comes to rob and to steal and to kill 
Fear is not in your vocabulary. It has to be tamed. For what God wants to do in you and in me and through us is far beyond what we would have even imagined for ourselves. But the old fears can come in the form of anxiety, in the form of worry, and they come in different seasons of your life. This is a young woman just setting out on life. But I've seen it middle-aged crisis, as they call it. I've seen it in people, in believers, where they allow the enemy to lock them up. In old age, when people are wondering, how long have I got left? Come on now. He's settled the whole destiny for you. Whatever you face, whatever the challenges, God will not leave you nor forsake you. So this old enemy of fear has to be dealt with. And you've got to cooperate with God to deal with it. That's important to know that. So he speaks to Mary. Don't be afraid. Get a grip of yourself, Mary. I'm trying to, but I don't often have a Gabriel coming to visit me for breakfast. You know, I can understand that. Um, but the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, the name that's above every name, as we have heard. But it's this issue, you have found favor with God. You can take the other word too with this, grace. Grace, same as favor. The equipping characteristic of God's energy to help you accomplish what needs to be accomplished. Don't look like you're asleep on me. Look at me a moment. This is so important. You found favor with God. Every one of us in this room, we have a great debt, don't we? We are debtors. We are debtors to mercy alone. That's a beautiful hymn because of what he's done. Mary, don't be afraid. You found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. How many parents take forever to think of a name for their child? And there's one straight downloaded from heaven. Okay, you've got this. You've got no option here. You, you know what this is? I'm dealing with the illusion of control. We think we're in control. God's in control, right? So he's, he's telling her, he's dictating to her, I want you to know you're highly favored of God and it's all mapped out for you. I want you to get the grips with that. I look back now in my life and I have to confirm that. It's all mapped out. I don't mean it's fate, I don't mean that. God knows exactly how we respond God knows exactly what gifts he's equipped us with. God knows exactly the end from the beginning. But he also knows your heart. And this is a wonderful thing that he understands you. When you stand up and worship before him or when you're in your bedroom or walking through a crisis and you turn to him and talk to him, he knows you. He's accustomed to you. And this is what I like about the way he knows Mary. She's been selected but don't get the illusion Mary that you're in control of everything no God's in control of everything politicians make that mistake they think they own the universe they think they can reverse the trends of history 
And they'll have a good go at it. But God's in charge. And God can adjust things. But this generation will have to wake up to that reality. Not that it's not there. But like every generation, all of us have had to wake up to the reality God is not in a holiday let somewhere on the earth. God is a constant dwelling presence in his universe. This is so wonderful. I love this. I have great assurance. The earth shall be filled is not strictly what it says. The earth shall be and is and will always be filled with his glory. It's just that sometimes we're on cruise mode and asleep to the reality and we have those wake-up moments and this is a wake-up moment for Mary. A very, very astonishing moment. That's why we must not as Protestants be afraid to give thanks for this woman. I remember a church leaders saying about the Magnificat how awful I'll never sing that even to my deathbed and I thought how stupid of you it's scriptural it's all in the scripture there have a look at it that we've got much to give thanks for to the way this one person responded to the visitation of God I have much to give thanks for in my short history to those who gave themselves to the purposes of God in their generation. We have much to be thankful for. Those who have known the favor of God, the blessing of God, the sacred reality of the indwelling presence of God. You know who they are in your life. If you don't, then you've been in drift, you know, cruise mode. From the beginning, wake up. Have a look at how God visits you with some very special people with very special testimonies of God's grace in their lives. So he's dealing with Mary. His name shall be called Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of the ancestor David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be it's wonderful don't you think so there's no damp squib that's an English old fashioned English phrase there's no wet firework here when this goes off it goes off I'm telling you this kingdom shall never be restrained the gates of hell cannot hold it back it's in advanced mode and the most high the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom there will be of his kingdom there will be no end and Mary said to the angel how can this be since I'm a virgin you're getting right on with this wonderful testimony of what's going to go on how is it she's still on on the first page coming to terms with the fact she's favoured how will this be? And this is important. How can this be? I'm a virgin. And the angel said to the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the host, Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. 
And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age is also, how can this be, Lord? But she's also conceived. She's way past it. She's way beyond the age when she could be fruitful in her womb. She's conceived a son. And this is a sixth month for her. See, God keeps the tab on everything. This is a sixth month for her, who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Would you repeat that angelic phrase? For nothing will be impossible with God. Say it again. For nothing will be impossible with God. We serve a wonderful God. Don't we? Yes. But the activity is by the Holy Spirit. This is what the angel's referring to. Then Mary said, here I am. I think by this time she's trembling. The servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed. <laughs> and she's left to carry the whole thing. <laughs> what an encounter. I don't know about you, but there are moments... When suddenly you go through the veil. And there are moments when God turns up. And they're most, as far as you're concerned, unscheduled. The non-scheduled, whatever the English word is. You, you don't schedule it. God turns up. Maybe you're drawing near to him. Maybe you're reading the Bible. Maybe you're listening to somebody's story. Maybe you're engaging with a little child and a little child says something to you. And suddenly God comes close. And he's speaking to you. You know, we used to have an old advert on the telly years ago. Uh, a thousand ways to say I love you. I was always selling flowers. That's what it was, always selling flowers, as far as I recall. A thousand ways to say, I love you. God has trillions of ways of turning up into our circumstance and reminding us that we're favored, we're blessed, that he's close to us, he knows our diary, he knows exactly what's going on, and he also knows the end from the beginning. And we have to come back to this. When Mary's trying to come to terms with it, the first thing she realizes, number one, she's being marked out for purpose. Marked out for purpose. One of the things that must go through your veins when you give your life to Jesus Christ is not just that you've been washed clean, but you've also been given a purpose in life. Because without God, there's no meaning to humanity. And as fast as they are going to try and eliminate absolutes, and eliminate God, and eliminate morality associated to a sovereign being, as fast as they're working hard to do this, they are so stupid. Because all they're doing is erasing who they really are. And you know what? It might not die with a big bang, but the soul will die with a quiet whimper, said somebody. Without God, there's no meaning. Without God, you can be as religious as you like. You can be a religious nutter if you want. 
But without God, it's not real. And so here she is, she's marked out for purpose. Every one of us are marked out for purpose. There's a reason why you're not on the bus to heaven at the moment. There's a reason why you have spheres of influence that nobody else has. I like what my son said when he was preaching in one of those moments when the anointing was dripping off him. And he said, you're not special, you're unique. I thought, what the hell? I'm trying to swallow that one. You're not special. Okay, so I'm not the bee's knees. All right. I'm favored, but you're unique. I like that. I can't look down at you and say, you know what, I am special. Sorry about you. Right? We can't get proud. We're favored. Unmerited favor. But we have a sense of purpose. And this is what's going through the veins of Mary. I love it. She's got a partner in crime too, I see. In an older woman who might be able to educate her a bit. But I love this sense that the Lord comes close in the presence of angelic statement and prophecy there's a bet that's a tremendous prophecy over her and he prophesies into her and he tells her the real issue is this Mary you need to understand it it's going to be by the power and empowerment of the Holy Spirit it will not be of your doing nor of Joseph's doing you are marked out for purpose and the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and he'll do what you cannot do the impossible I think she's a wonderful woman thank God for her response Lord let it be to me according to your word I, oh, oh, I can't work this all out Lord but if you have said it I will believe it and I believe in the inspiration of your word there you go put that one in I believe that you are in control I believe that all things work together like the apostle Paul is later to say all things work together for good to those that love you and are called according to your purpose purpose is in you God's purpose is in you. He wants to express his very nature through you. You say, well, what gifts do I have? I'm not even getting there just yet. All I'm seeing is that the work of the Holy Spirit is to put into you something of your Father in heaven. And the key characteristic is not what God does, but who God is. And God says John is love right and if he's love what he wants to do is impregnate you with his love in such a way that whatever it is you find to do you become the love of God expressed through your personality I, I used to say when I was in studying the Acts of the Apostles I would say to one of our great teachers as a young student Yain Jones his name was Mr. Jones could you please tell me why do we call it the Acts of the Apostles when really it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit he said why don't we just take that he said whoa 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 why does Paul say I am Paul an apostle 
Has he got a badge of honour? No, he's explaining his function, but he's not eradicating his person. And God doesn't want you to become a, how do I say this, a religious clone. Right? He doesn't want you to be that. All God wants you to be is who you are, and who you are, He wants to express His purpose through your personality, because you have a certain kind of niche, certain kind of emphasis, a certain kind of expression by the Spirit of the love of God at work in you. It's purpose. She says, let it be to me according to your word. But number two, she has to deal with the strongholds in her mind. This is the world, I've watched it. 60 plus years of age now, I've learned a few things about this world and reinforced some issues. This world is so locked up in its mind. Everybody thinks because we've got access to so much knowledge, we've arrived. No, 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 no. That's where they were in Genesis chapter 3. And they tasted of the tree of, you know. Thank you. It's not about knowledge, it's about wisdom. How on earth do you handle the knowledge that you have? If you don't have wisdom, too much knowledge could kill you. Too much knowledge could make you feel, again, back to this illusion of control, that you're in control. Most of our young people, if they want knowledge, it's easy to access it. Not just the young people, for me too. There's a way to access it. Save yourself a lot of years of hard work. But what the real issue is, that we might have that spirit Holy Spirit of Wisdom to show us how to do what we need to do. Let me put it this way for you. Lots of people are afraid about the future. I wouldn't be. I can understand when I see what goes on. I can understand when I see the, the uh, superficial behavior of people in high places. I can understand it when I can see the way we're re-engineering, what society is all about, sexuality is all about, humanity is all about. I can understand those fears, but this is where my faith lies. That God, by His Spirit, can give wisdom to every believer in every generation in such a way that they're fitted and able to deal with the complications that arise from the sin of a society. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit he can equip them. And you know what? I don't know where we would have been without the 1700s visitation of God. Some of the best worship songs to this day that we sing come from the revelation of God that came to those divines all those years ago. Some of the greatest songs I, I danced to as a young man. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Right? Wesley. Wesley, I don't know what it was. He, he was in the Church of England, didn't want to leave the Church of England, but he was so full of the power of the Spirit, he invented for them all experience meetings. 
so they could all meet together and leave all of the practices one side and meet with God right God's well able to visit us amen the earth shall continually be being filled visitation you know at every gathering I don't know if you believe this I have no doubt whatsoever at every gathering of the official church I mean by the official church of believers in Christ every community that gathers there's angelic presence now I have no issue with that we don't need to boast about the angelic presence the most sacred thing is the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit and I love the way the Holy Spirit from the outset is at work in Mary so that she knows it's not what she can accomplish but it's what God can accomplish through her this is a very physical thing but spirituality is not divorced of the physical nature do you understand what I'm saying what did the people love about Jesus the most when he spoke in the power of the Holy Spirit he spoke in a language that they understood with such authority he told them stories that they could identify with and he brought the eternal into the now so that they could understand I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father unless they come through me that was a major statement to make but he made it clear to people and so for Mary the working of the Holy Spirit she had to deal with the strongholds of her mind and you see that in verse 28 and 29 you can read that for yourself but she also discovered that when God's at work in your life you can't help but express your gratitude back one of the greatest curses on the people of God in the old dispensation was the mumbling and the grumbling and the lack of gratitude when the Lord brought them out of Egypt if you remember and the first thing they complained about was the diet angelic provision wasn't enough they were fed up because they couldn't have the onions or two hoots to your onions don't you remember how you used to weep in your homes and sweat in your loneliness when you were less than, treated than less than human you forgot all the torment you went through before God visited you through the words of Moses and commanded that you be set free and here you are now moaning and groaning and God used to be very angry with the lack of gratitude what I love about Mary I don't even know if she was a musician I don't know anything like that all I know is she composed the most beautiful song my soul my soul, the seat of all that I am, everything that I am, my soul magnifies the Lord. I can't help it. She's had a breakthrough. One of the hallmarks of the believer and the spirit at work in the believer, not you, thank you for the gifts, but one of the manifestations 
of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, the way He speaks to you, the way He guides you, the way He shines the light on the Word to you, because without that you can't see it. One of the fruits is a heart of gratitude. And I love this. Oh Lord, I want to demonstrate my gratitude. For He has looked with favor on the lowliness of your servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. That's what the Protestants couldn't cope with. Ah yeah, but they were reacting against. I know what they were reacting against. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Thank you Lord for such a woman. Thank you, Lord, for such a person of your presence. Thank you, Lord, for someone who was a no one, that you made a someone because of your favor. Thank you for the illustration of what you do in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I thank you for the day I came to know you. I thank you for that woman who spoke to me, who didn't even know me, about your grace. I thank you for that little group singing in the park when I was a little boy playing football. And I listened to them singing about you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the little text I used to collect on the way home from school. I thank you for the man who asked me, did I really know God? I thank you for when I opened the Bible to read about the cross. You took me there. I thank you. I thank you that your favor is on me. God, you don't have to ask me to raise my hands. You don't ask, have to ask me to sing to you with my English tongue and with tongues of angels. You don't have to ask me, Lord. I can't help it. I love you so much. You have done so much in my life. Your Holy Spirit is present with me. The very breath I breathe is borrowed from you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, when I had nothing, you paid my bills. When we had no food, you spread a table. When people cleared the back of their throat and spat in my face, you gave me peace. I thank you. When people wrongfully accuse me, there's no condemnation. I thank you. When I went to Mr. Howells in Swansea Bible College, said, Sir, I need to see you to explain to you that the church, you will hear that the church I've been pioneering has split. I just want you to know it was not my doing. He said, Alan back, Alan dear one. He said, why are you telling me? He said, which way did the master go? And I thought, which way did the master go? And I'm trying to compute as fast as possible in the presence of Mr. House. Which way did the master go? And then suddenly I said, the cross. Yeah. I said, he went to the cross. He said, well, should you not do likewise? He's very short with words, very clever man, but very short with words. And here I am trying to reassure him I'm still righteous, I'm still serving God, and I'm not trying to hurt the church. He doesn't want to know all those things. All he wants to know is, which way did the master go? And are you willing to go the same way? What I didn't know is he'd gone through so much himself and refused to be bitter. The working of the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know, time is gone, but... Um,
the power of God at work in spite of say that with me the power of God in spite of I'm not married Lord I'm engaged you know God already knows he knows of course he knows what what's he saying well uh, uh, I'm just a handmaiden what's the angel saying he's saying nothing is impossible I don't care how cynical I don't care how dead it looks I can turn everything around to serve my purpose right so what did I say what did I ask you to repeat have you forgotten pardon in spite of what 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 in spite of what what did I say the power of God at work in spite of the situation whatever you face I am persuaded said the Apostle Paul that nothing absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of God oh that sounds very nice thank you very much love of God do you not understand that no one has the power like Jesus because Jesus is the full expression of love and love is stronger than death right many waters cannot quench the love of God right so whatever might be the issues I'm loved you say don't like your shape tough don't like your accent up to you I couldn't care less that's not the issue anymore I'm loved I'm loved I was in the cathedral just uh, not so long ago one of the cathedrals in London forgotten the name of it near the Cutty Sark I think it is you would know the name forgotten the name of it and they had this Middle East conference I was so blessed by this I have to tell you the story because I work very closely with Awareness Foundation uh, Nadim Nasser and Huda Nasser who work amongst the in the Anglican community but amongst the um, Muslims and the Jews to help foster good relationships and particularly they've been training children in Syria who've lost their parents how to become peacemakers thousands of children in the war-torn zone of Syria Syria and I was in this this um, cathedral and I was asked to speak for 10 minutes at an international conference on peace and we had radio 1, 2, 3 and 4 present so the BBC were present and all these speakers came up different ones the bishop of the Greek church uh, one of the top uh, uh, personalities of the Anglican community Muslim community so on all the way down the Catholic church and so on and one of the guys stood up from the Middle East and he said, we've had a wonderful time in the Mid Middle East gathering all of the believers together. Wonderful time of cooperation. He said, the only thing is we don't get on with those evangelicals. Well, I was the next one to speak. <laughs> right? So we don't, get on with those, we don't get on with those evangelicals. It's a, sh it's, it's a shame, really. Yeah. And so I thought, right, okay, what do I do? So it's my turn next. 
and I'm on the board of Awareness Foundation, you know, so I'm part of this involvement. So I stood up and I said, I just want to thank you for sharing so honestly, and if I may respond and say, I am an evangelical. And the room went silent. I said, I'll tell you why. I said, because one day, Jesus Christ came into my life, cleansed me from my sin, filled me with his spirit, and I've never been the same since. And everybody went quiet except the middle row, and the middle row was full of nuns. And it became like sister act. The minute I started to talk about Jesus, they were whooping, hallelujah, they were, and everybody else was silent. It didn't really matter what people thought of you. All you do is tell them what you think of God, and what God's done for you, and that would speak volumes. You see what I'm trying to say? In spite of what might be, we know who he, who he is and what he's done.